Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. Welcome to Skiba News Nation, bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey Skiba News Nation family, I'm your host Jeremiah Skiba and welcome back to another episode of Skiba News Nation. This is episode 16 and today we're going to be talking about Beyond Meat CEO bites the nose off a man, the CIA wants to take out Julian Assange, New York City fires 800 teachers, Ron DeSantis beating the left at their own game, Biden announces COVID is finally over. Space Force releases slogan and an official song with the all-seeing and watchful eye. An all-new Opus Corner and history we'll be talking about Bob Crane and I'll be playing some comedy by Mitch Hedberg. Memes and much more, so stay tuned. So let's dive right in, but before we do that, let me introduce my co-host, Jake Grant. How you doing, Jake? Doing pretty good, Jeremiah. What's up, man? How are you? I'm chilling, you know, like always. <laughs> Chilling like a villain. Coming up this week, we're we're gonna be moving to Missouri for like a, a couple months. We're going out there for the biblical feast season, so I know I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, but we are still going to be pumping out Skiba News Nation. So uh, look forward to our our little journey out to the west and uh, and also this episode to this week we have a really great breakdown of some interesting news topics. I'm looking forward to getting into it with you. Awesome, man. Well, let's dive right in. All right, so this week we're going to be getting into some interesting news. Uh, Putin announcing he's drafting a bunch more people for the war in Ukraine, uh, kind of mobilizing uh, a larger military force, people fleeing Russia to try to dodge the draft, I guess. Uh, we also have the Beyond Meat CEO of the vegan meat company biting somebody's nose in some kind of altercation outside of a football game. Uh, pretty uh, interesting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Julian Assange uh, and how he's being uh, pursued by the CIA. Just interesting uh, video from him talking about freedom of speech, how the CIA tried to extradite him back to the USA to prosecute him and and how he stands as this uh, example of freedom of speech 
and and how strong political views can actually get you painted as uh, public enemy number one by the powers that be, even if you're doing good, even if you're just mm -hmm. sharing truth. Uh, we're going to talk about how 800 uh, unexperimented on New York City teachers and assistants are being fired amidst a statewide shortage of those workers. Uh, despite um, their desires, uh, they're being fired because they're not willing to participate in a recent medical experiment, uh, which is crazy, <laughs> even though, you know, those workers are super needed for kids and schooling. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Ron DeSantis, uh, how yeah, he's yeah. beaten the left at their own game. Uh, we're going to talk a little about about the red heifers uh, and how Five red heifers were recently brought from Texas to Israel, uh, and these are needed for temple sacrifices and purification rituals. Uh, so kind of biblical prophecy meter people are going, ah, look what's happening. Uh, the Antichrist or the new the third temple is showing up. So anyways, <laughs> that's been all over eschatological Christian news circles. Um, we're going to talk about how Alex Jones just exposed the truth about Trump and the V, and we're going to look into a UFO object depicted on a wall painting in medieval Romanian churches and how the Space Force has come out with their first song. And it's all what? about them being the watchful eye. And oh. that leads us into uh, an interesting video, probably the coolest we'll watch this episode, the, the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eaters and how it's related to the space force um and uh and that's kind of the the breakdown of the news this week so as we get into it want to start us off with this interesting meme here uh, when you almost posted that meme but you remember your guardian <laughs> angel is watching yeah <laughs> oh man how many times have we had to have this thought go through our mind oh man i don't want to get censored i don't want to get blocked i don't want to get banned uh I'm sure Julian Assange is always thinking this one when we talk about him later. Uh, just a reminder and encouragement. Did you know that no one can destroy iron? I'm sure you could if you had like jet fuel or something. Uh, or no, that's steel. No one can destroy a person, but their own mindset can. Now, it's kind of like, uh, there's holes in this analogy here. But the, the point is, is that our mindset is like rust on iron and mm. uh and and the reason this is significant is because uh you know we don't want to have our mindset degraded by the things we consume psalm 119 37 turn my eyes from worthless things and so oftentimes we're distracted and and we have our t our time and our energy consumed by worthless things and and that's part of the the way that ad revenue is generated right if they can keep yep. your attention span um but just a reminder that the alternative rebellion to the system is spending time with your family uh it isn't you know standing up and you know protesting for needless causes um it's it's growing something it's making an alternative and, and so rebellion doesn't always have to be you standing in the street shouting at a brick building. Mm -hmm. It can be growing a garden. It can be learning. It can be reading a book and, and expanding your understanding and your knowledge. Reading the scripture and, and working on your, uh, your relationship with your creator. 
you know, it could be just all of these options. Rebellion isn't always what you think it is. And yep. so I'm glad you, you remind us that... every episode yeah. that this is very important. And I very much appreciate you reminding me. I mean, there are more important things than whatever is going on in the news. Sometimes it's just good to turn it off, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, and one season that I always tend to try to focus on the most important stuff is the biblical feast season. Uh, mm -hmm. Next uh, Monday, Tuesday time frame, we're going to be celebrating the Feast of Trumpets. And uh, I wanted to share this because it's personally very significant to me as I've walked in this faith walk and started to apply the some of these principles. Um, we celebrate biblical feasts because it's a Bible thing. And this is something that Rob was a big proponent of, and he, he mm -hmm. came to understand in the past, you know, 10 years or so of how celebrating the biblical feasts is all about what Passover is about the Messiah who was crucified, unleavened bread, the Messiah who was buried, first fruits, the Messiah was risen, Shavuot is when the Holy Spirit was given, and also the giving of the Torah, uh, Pentecost. Yom Teruah, which is what's coming up this next week on Monday and Tuesday time frame. We cite that new moon. We blow the trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, it, it's related to the Messiah's second coming. And it's interesting, some of that language is the day no man knows, the day or the hour, right? It's a, a, a saying in the church when they look forward to the rapture. It's actually a synonymous phrase with the Feast of Trumpets or Yom Teruah. Um, and after that, the Day of Judgment or the Feast of Atonement. And then it's followed by Sukkot, which is this beautiful time period where we go out and we go camping for like an eight-day period. And we come out of Babylon, we come out of the cities, we come out of all the distractions of the world, and we spend time with like-minded believers under the stars, uh, sitting around the campfire late at night, uh, having a blast. Um, and it's, it's amazing that in the future these events seem to uh, kind of forecast prophetic events that are going to happen on the world. And it's interesting that on the, the fall feasts that are about the second coming of the Messiah, these reflect a beautiful time period where we're brought out of the world, out of Egypt, so to speak, and we spend time in the wilderness. And if the world collapses, it's an amazing practice feast for going camping with your friends. If, if the mm -hmm. stuff hits the fan, right? You're right. spending time building those, those relationships with community, with people and, and learning what it would be like to camp, you know, for an extended period of time. If, and so that's why we love practicing them. And I wanted to tell people this is coming up and, um, and I'm definitely excited. It's a, it's a significant time and it's not a Jewish thing. Uh, it's, it's a, these are feast of Yah, as described in Leviticus 23, and it's it's at a loss on most modern Christianity. They they talk about how these things are done away with, and these things aren't meaningful anymore for the modern day Gentile believing Christian. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, some of the most beautiful, profound aspects of the Scripture are what uh, I believe Satan has hidden from the modern church, and and taught them you don't need to pay attention to these things. These things mm -hmm. you should ignore. And, and that's why after starting to practice them in my own faith walk and in my family's life, and I've realized what the value is, is they when you actually physically practice these things, they give you these 
these amazing blessings and they teach you these amazing lessons only after you started to implement them in your life. And, uh, and so, um, we're going to move on to what the world wants you to believe, um, is, you know, a sign of the times is that most Christians believe their teachers more than the word of God. This is one of the reasons most Christians in today's world don't keep those Sabbath feasts, right? That's mm -hmm. why they, uh, they buy into the latest doctrinal fad, why there's 40,000 denominations. And the whole point that Rob Skiba used to get to is we need to get away from the traditions of our elders, which are inherited in innocence and kept in ignorance. And instead we need to get back to what the book's about. And, uh, and, and the alternative of course, is the world's knowledge. And <laughs> this is an interesting thing. I feel bad for parents nowadays uh, you have to be able to explain the birds and the bees, the bee and the bees, the birds and the birds, the birds that used to be bees, the bees that <laughs> used to be birds, the birds that look like bees, and plus bees that look like birds but still have a stinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I know it's so just confusing uh, how the world is. And um, what's alarming, of course, is the indoctrination that is coming here is you know pretty much like wolves you know dressing up i just want yep. to read some books to your chickens right <laughs> uh, and and we know that what this is referring to of course um the good old drag but, shows uh, yeah man it's it's crazy and and that's one of the reasons i love um the biblical feast season and the truther community because it's so important more and more as the world degrades into crazy world, crazy town and what's wrong is right and what's right is wrong. It's so important to surround yourself with people that have the same morals, have the same passions and pursuits and faith walk. And, and whenever we take physical time and get together in person, that's when you can make big plans to grow a better alternative. Right. And, and that's mm -hmm. why, you know, I think the feasts and gathering together on the feasts is so important because we're combating that indoctrination that's coming on the world <laughs> in uh recent news we'll go ahead and jump over here to our first story um putin is announcing partial mobilization and nato deems it reckless uh so it says putin moves demonstrated that the war is not going according to his plans and it was clear that russian president that he made a big miscalculation <laughs> uh, but the significance is, is Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a partial military mobilization in Russia during a pre-recorded speech on Wednesday, and the mobilization will begin immediately. Uh, and allegedly, it says only reservists will be called up with a focus on those with experience, said Putin. But the significance of what we're talking about is that the entire Russian nation uh, is being called to prepare. Uh, prepare for mobilization um, right now they're calling on reservists but this is all the more signs that they're starting to prepare not just for their incursion in Ukraine but you know across the nation they're mobilizing um, here's a quote those who are trying to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know that the wind can turn in their direction and this is a recent quote from President Vladimir Putin allegedly about you know, other countries threatening to use nuclear weapons mm -hmm. against their actions in Ukraine. Uh, and NATO chief statement says Russian president Vladimir Putin mobilization of thousands of extra troops 
for the war in Ukraine will escalate the conflict and his threat to use nuclear weapons was dangerous and reckless rhetoric, NATO's Secretary General Jen Stolenberg said Wednesday. So, very interesting. Um, we're going to move on to uh, our next interesting story here. <laughs> Beyond <laughs> Meats, executive charged with biting a man's nose. Uh, the reason this is kind of interesting is Beyond Meat is, of course, the vegan meat alternative. And it's hilarious that this guy, who's the CEO or the executive of the country uh, of the company, uh, top executive at plant-based food company Beyond Meat, has been charged with felony battery after a fight outside of a college football game in which he bit somebody's nose. So I guess uh, man, <clears throat> he took he took a page right out of uh, Mike Tyson's book, right? Bite the nose hey, off. Hey man, if, if it if it <laughs> If it gets you the win and it causes that fear factor, Man. I mean, that's what he was going for. It's funny. This vegan CEO executive uh, for the night became a meat eater, I guess you could say. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, just thought that was kind of funny. I uh, wanted to look at that. Um, moving on to our next topic. Uh, we have uh, some WikiLeaks footage of Julian Assange talking about free speech and the monarchy if you wanted to go ahead and play that clip over every day ordinary people teach us that democracy is free speech and dissent for once we the people <clears throat> stop speaking out and stop dissenting once we are distracted or pacified once we turn away from each other we are no longer free for true democracy is the sum, is the sum of our resistance. If you don't speak up, if you give up what is uniquely yours as a human being, if you surrender your consciousness, your independence, your sense of what is right and what is wrong, in other words, perhaps without knowing it, you become passive and controlled, unable to defend yourselves and those you love. People often ask, what can I do? The answer is not so difficult. Learn how the world works. Challenge the statements and intentions of those who seek to control us behind a facade of democracy and monarchy. Unite in common purpose and common principle to design, build, document, finance and defend. Learn, challenge, act now. Wow. So an interesting connection with, of course, Julian Assange is some of the releases that happened back during the 2016 election mm -hmm. from WikiLeaks. Some people credit this man, this man with Trump being able to win the presidency over Hillary Clinton uh, uh, around her email scandal and, and some of the documents that came out about uh, during the 2016 election run. Uh, Julian Assange had a big role to play in some of that uh, information getting to the public and now of well, he course, exposed it all didn't he yes he did yes he did he he was one of the people that put out uh you know things about some of those uh crazy cover-up stories and and the public got wind of it and of course uh he is trying to be uh extradited to the u.s by the the united states government they, they're trying to bring him to the u.s so that they can put him in prison or 
or whatever they do with guys like him that squealed a little bit too much about the truth. And some of the things he was talking about regarding freedom of speech, I wanted to mention that just recently the UK um, has put out a act, a, a law regarding protest powers. And it's uh, called the, the Protest Powers Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Act in 2022. And uh, it's about how protests are an important part of the vibrant, tolerant de democracy. Uh, but however, um, in this act, it makes it so pretty much uh, you can't protest and you can't use freedom of speech anymore, at least in the UK. Um, this is a little bit of a, a breakdown on on kind of defending the act mm -hmm. um but the language in it is um significant because let's see here uh people who are causing public disorder or are speaking out against something that's going on uh can be you know quelled by the police forces um, or if it's a disruption to the life of the community and, and of course they redefine disruption and um, because they are disrupting or they're too loud uh, they can be shut down by the police um, so it pretty made, pretty much makes protesting a very uh, touchy offense in the U UK mm. um, and so something to be aware of it's kind of what Julian Assange was talking about uh, recently we have Julian Assange files a appeal against the U.S. extradition. Uh, lawyers for the WikiLeaks founder, who is indicted on 17 espionage charges in the U.S., says he faces persecution for his political opinions. Uh, so him sharing truth and having a alternative perspective on the U.S. politics and whether some of that information should have been covered up or not, uh, they're trying to bring him back to the U.S. on espionage charges um, and over the charge of computer misuse over the WikiLeaks publication of thousands of military and diplomatic documents leaked by whistleblower Chelsea Manning. And the charge carries a maximum sentence of 175 years in prison. So, man, this guy who shared classified information, I guess, with the general public, but that was actually pretty damning evidence against some of the corruption going on in the upper echelons of government. Uh, they're trying to get him into the hole, right? And oh, yeah. So, so crazy. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to cover a little bit of that about that because the video we watched of him encouraging standing up for freedom of speech and, and how already they're, you know, policing laws are, are, are regarding protesting rights in the UK and we already see that uh, it, it's it's becoming a difficult thing to be able to speak out on the world stage uh, yep. especially on the internet on social media um, but once they start affecting your your right to speak in public uh, about public issues then you know that you're entering into 1984 and um, just crazy stuff um, Moving on to the next uh, news coverage here, we have 800 unveed NYC teachers fired amid a statewide shortage of those workers. Um, the NYC DOE requires all staff to provide proof of the you-know-what, and employees may apply for a related exemption. 
but they are reviewed on a case-by-case basis consistent with the law. And, of course, this is significant because we have instances like the, the United States military where um, exemptions were filed and they were rejected, uh, wow. regardless of religious exemption, regardless of health exemption. Uh, unfortunately, those who caved only proved to the system that they weren't sincerely held convictions, causing it to be a uh, a systematic purging of the military of anybody who's willing to stand up against the mandates. And what's significant here is that not only were the medical industry hit very hard by mandate firing cases, uh, the military, but also uh, teachers and educational staff were affected very deeply and those who stood up against mandates uh, were fired and so it says here that um, 850 uh, were terminated when the mandate took place despite the fact that of course we have Biden recently announcing the end of the pandemic we have um, a lot of adverse effects of the experiment coming to light and even though New York City students need teachers, they would rather uphold a an agenda, a pharmaceutical push for, uh, you know, pretty much the medical industry to require everybody in a position that's actually significant, a position that affects our community, whether it's the military, whether it's the the nurses and doctors that treat us, or the people teaching our students. They want all the people in these very significant areas of of effect on our populace, right, to be completely mm-hmm. beholden to their system, to their uh, mandates. And, and anybody who bucks the system stands up for freedom, stands up for freedom of speech, freedom to ch- choose what goes in your body. Uh, these people are the ones that they're purging from the system. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's kind of tragic what's happening, but we see that... Uh, those who remain caved, right? And that mm-hmm. means the next time they the, the serpent flexes its muscles, the next time the constriction happens, and you know whether it's the next uh, pandemic, whether it's the next outbreak that requires mRNA technology to be put into your body, uh, all the people that will be in the system during that t- any future events, will already have kind of given away that piece of their brain that allows them to stand up and say, I don't want to participate. I don't agree with this. Because anybody who did during this previous year's mandates will be fired, and so they're not going to be around to also stand up. So all the more people will cave to any coming events. So that's the significance of this I wanted to talk about. Um, We're going to show this video. Interesting. uh, Ron DeSantis apparently has beaten the left at their own game. Uh, So we're going to play this video. Now, you know that we here on this show love nothing more than highlighting cases of progressives getting mugged by reality. And gosh, have I got a doozy for you this week. Martha's Vineyard. Up until now, this sleepy little island off the coast of Massachusetts has been known as the favorite resort of cashed up progressive lefties. It is, of course, where the Obamas bought a waterfront compound oblivious 
the threat of rising <laughs> sea levels. It is where Hillary Clinton spent so much time fundraising in 2016 that she forgot to meet any actual voters. Ick, ew, deplorables, leaving Donald Trump to trounce her in that election. And Martha's Vineyard is, of course, also home to the Ted Kennedy School of <laughs> Offensive Driving, operating out of the storied Kennedy compound. <laughs> so is it any surprise that the people who call Martha's Vineyard home turn out to be some of the worst people in the world? Mm. Of course not! Because by now, pretty much everyone has heard what happened this week, when Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent a plane load of 50 illegal immigrants, and yes, I said illegal because they were undocumented individuals who broke into the country, to Martha's Vineyard. The same Martha's Vineyard where in 2017, in response to Donald Trump's election, locals voted to stop local law enforcement officers from working with the feds to deport illegal aliens, and where not so long ago, the island's government put out an official sign stating that we stand with it, immigrants and refugees. Well, it turns out that they do stand with them. Yep, just so long as they're standing somewhere else. Because the entire town, indeed the entire Democrat establishment, freaked out when Ron DeSantis sent those illegals to Martha's Vineyard. Have a listen to this local rolling out the welcome mat. At some point in time, they have to move from here to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. Now, she wasn't identified, but somehow I have a feeling when that lady was born, her parents named her Karen. And it wasn't just the locals or their government, which declared a humanitarian crisis over just 50 people showing up unannounced and quickly, yes, you guessed it, deported them <laughs> to a nearby military base, which is, of course, the sort of thing that had Donald Trump done it, would have had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez having a weepy photo op before you could say kids in cages. Now, though, the tables have turned. A Republican has beaten the left at their own game, and the media is not happy. The Guardian called Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' move un-American, and this time they actually meant it as a bad thing. The Washington Post called it cruel. I mean, I don't know about that, though the Martha's Vineyard lefties whose hypocrisy was exposed probably didn't think it was all that kind. And in a now-deleted tweet, NBC mm. News quoted a left-wing activist who compared DeSantis' move to illegally dumping trash. <gasps> Ooh. Classy. Yep, that's right. Well, as, always, as I always say, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Anyway, forget about those guys, because let's talk about Ron DeSantis. And I think his move of shipping illegal aliens to a left-wing stronghold like Martha's Vineyard was genius. And it shows he is the sort of fighter who would be perfect to take the Republican Party to the 2024 election. Because all he did was what successful political activists always do. He made the other side live up to what they claim to be their principles. Remember... For the left, open borders are a matter of morality. You may have seen my interview with Avi Horowitz on the U.S. Report on this station a few Fridays ago when he interviewed New Yorkers and found they all agreed with the proposition that borders were abhorrent. To the left, the very idea of having a line on the map and saying you can't come in here without permission is racist, fascist, akin to Nazism, and hell, probably transphobic as well. <laughs> Yet when you scratch the surface and you discover what they really mean is we are actually happy for illegals to come into the country so long as they are someone else's problem and not in our lefty communities. All it's right. fine for border communities. 
So, uh, you know, I just a little bit of the immigrant left-right paradigm. Uh, kind of funny how he's sending it to the location of all these uh, Clinton fundraiser and the Obama mansion. And it's just hilarious that all of the agendas pushed against uh, Donald Trump or against conservatives regarding not allowing immigrants into the United States mm -hmm. was kind of flipped on them whenever they got immigrants shipped to their doorstep and even to the point where NBC News was calling immigrants and equating them with trash being dropped off at, at a wrong house, right? That's terrible. And man, so I just wanted to share that interesting little exchange there. What do you think about Sky, Sky News Australia, man? I, I kind of think their news presenters- yeah, I love them. Are man. a little spunky, man. They they got they're not like robots on our Western news. Yeah, but, they're they're like spunky or something. They're like know. Fox, but more like underground. They just have so much personality, you know. It's it's just like they, and they're, they're in a so different country. They're in a different country, yep. so we know that it's kind of unbiased, you know, somewhat. You could yep. tell that they're they're more conservative, but they're like Fox News, but you know, more low key, and they they call it like it is. They they say it like it is, and. I, I always watch Sky News. I think it's hilarious when they call people out. It's so funny. Well, uh, on to our next news topic. Um, we have uh, some more interesting uh, kind of biblical prophetic news here uh, all over the eschatological kind of Christian circles. Uh, we have red heifers needed for temple being sent from Texas to Israel. Uh, a, a Christian farmer in Texas raised prized red heifers, which are apparently perfect in their red coloring um, to the point where a Jewish rabbi examining the hair to find any any hairs that are a different color, um, they have to basically approve these rare red heifers. And the reason this is significant is like once again, I was explaining we're coming up on biblical feast season. This is a necessary element for the purification rituals for the third temple or the purification of the temple mount from uh, anybody who came in contact with a dead body. Um, also for uh, the biblical feast season, this is interesting how this is lining up. Some people theorize that the third temple, which uh, has a lot of profound implications in terms of um, people's theories on the second coming, on the Antichrist, on World War III being kickstarted because, you know, the, the Jews have taken back part of the Temple Mount and, you know, all of these different things line up with this news story regarding the red heifers. Um, now it's, it's not just, you know, tooting the whistle of, oh, pay attention, prophecies happening. We don't really know uh, how these heifers are going to be implemented. But we do know that uh, the Temple Institute and those trying to establish the the third temple are super interested in this event. Um, so just something to pay attention to, something that you're definitely going to see talked about in Christian eschatological circles. Um, uh, anyways, very interesting. Uh, moving on to our next uh, little breakdown here is what does the Bible say about the importance of the red heifer and the coming of the Messiah? Um, and it, of course, breaks down last week was one of two outlets that initially covered a story intriguing to religious Jews, Messianic Jews, and evangelical Christians 
who believe that the third temple must be built in Jerusalem before the coming or second coming of the Messiah. And so five rabbi-approved red heifers came from Texas on Thursday, and um, it talks about how uh, they were found red and unblemished, which means they are ritually pure for sacrifice, as stipulated under the Torah. In order for someone following Mosaic law to become ritually pure, the ashes of the red heifer are required, according to the book of Numbers. So this is why it was uh, significant that these were brought over there. Um, not to mention that there's also news of a, a train station directly to the Temple Mount being set up. Um, some new interesting news about that. So in the case that a temple is built, uh, they're, they're making a, a train stop right directly up there to the Temple Mount for people to come and visit. Uh, moving on to a video that Jeremiah, you and your mom sent me, is a, a clip of Alex Jones exposing truth about Trump and the V. Uh, so if you wanted to play this uh, video. Well, let's talk about President Trump and let's talk about what Democrats are doing. So Democrats right now are taking a play, taking a play from Alex's Alex Jones's playbook. That's hard to say. Um, so Alex, because it's unbelievable. I know, really, but it really is. <laughs> if you dive into it, Democrats are looking at what Alex Jones is saying about President Trump and they're pulling a Trump card. So a few months ago, and once again, just a few weeks ago, Alex Jones warned Trump that he better denounce the before the Democrats started blaming him for it. Now, there's a joke running around that, oh my God, Alex Jones predicted it again. He got it right again, right? So once again, people called Jones a conspiracy theorist. Like Democrats are not gonna slam President Trump for this, for it's like they love they're all about it, right? That's their thing. That's their thing. They loved lockdowns. They loved mandates. They loved all of those things. They did. Um, so, and they love telling you to love it too. And right. calling you selfish if you don't. So they labeled, you know. I remember uh, them saying, we got, we got it in this many arms. And they're just like, so proud of it. Exactly. Um, so they, you know, they absolutely loved the fact that uh, these were out there and available. And Jones, you know, jo people labeled Jones a conspiracy theorist. Um, but... You know, guess what? We don't label him that here. We don't label him like that on our show. Um, and so Democrats then now over the past few days, the House of Representatives led by Democrats just released a brand new report attacking Donald Trump for pressuring the FDA to authorize unproven treatments for COVID-19. You can't even make this up. And they approved the first COVID-19 before election without collecting enough safety data, Democrats say. The complaint alleges that Trump's staffers strongly urged health officials like the former FDA commissioner, Stephen Hahn, to authorize the jabs as well as under uh, other unproven COVID treatments in a hurried manner. Next, the report goes on to say that Team Trump strong-armed the FDA to deliver misleadingly positive news about convalescent plasma as a coronavirus treatment on the eve of the 2020 Republican National Convention. And more, I mean, it's more detailed. We'll go through some of the other chunks of this. But finally, the House subcommittee claims that Trump blocked FDA from issuing guidance on coronavirus authorizations for weeks in an attempt to ensure that the first could be authorized before the 2020 presidential election. 
And we know that Trump had expressed, you know, enormous desire to have the be approved as quickly as they could. Yes, right? he also wanted antiviral treatments to be approved as well, and that was shut down. So according to Politico, White House officials said they would not sign off on emergency use authorization language that required a 60-day safety follow-up for late-stage clinical trials. Ultimately, the FDA went ahead with the 60-day follow-up plan without an explicit blessing from the White House, though the White House later cleared it. So that was like a, that was shoved in there, that 60-day. They wanted it out of there. They didn't want any follow-up to see about any adverse effects or any other issues. So they pulled that out of there. Wait, wait, wait. I got to think this through. All right. Well, you think that through. So the White House did not want to require 60-day safety follow-ups. But the FDA really wanted it then. Okay, and then when we justify, just oppose that with the news this week that the FDA is willing to approve a Pfizer Omicron with no clinical trials. Right. They don't have Trump pressuring them. Why do they need to? They can make their own decisions now, apparently. It would yeah, be a, yeah, exactly. They're the FDA. Like, why would they cave to the pressure of a president anyway? That's not their job. It's wouldn't like, that be great if people would ask? ask the White House press secretary about these questions? Like, why are Democrats issuing a report slamming President Trump for trying to get to market as quickly as possible, bypassing certain safety protocols and rushing these things to market? But now the FDA is even do going 10 steps further. And saying no clinical trials are necessary. So they really felt strongly about it under President Trump, but they don't under President Biden. Apparently not. But Democrats are going to use this now. My theory, of course, is now they're going to use it as a cudgel in the election. And Alex Jones was oh. right about this. So, man, what what crazy nonsense. Uh, I will say I was kind of disappointed when Alex Jones called Trump to denounce the V. And uh, unfortunately, Donald double downed you know he's like it's safe it's effective um so that's one thing i was kind of disappointed to hear recently um there was an opportunity for him to be like you know what these are dangerous medical experiments and alex jones is right they are going to start blaming uh trump from rushing through these things whenever adverse effects uh are become more prevalent and 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 people start to realize that this was a experiment on mankind that absolutely was not uh, good for the health of the populace. It wasn't necessary. Uh, they call it safe and effective. And unfortunately, um, now even under Biden, they're pushing through Omicron uh, variant uh, V and they're going to make it with very little clinical trials, if none. And so just the power that the pharmaceutical industry has to pump out something that is then backed up by the state, backed up by the media, forcing people out of their jobs, and and just this whole thing is just crazy. And it just reminds me of, you know, the good old uh, Lord of the Rings saying, one ring to rule them all. And, and instead, it's in this example, it's one lie to rule them all, you know, and there's so many lies around this topic. It's mm -hmm. it's crazy. What are some of your thoughts? I think they're going to try to blame everything on Trump. Anything they can. It doesn't matter what it is. 
I mean, he, he is their new scapegoat, and he's been their scapegoat since he was elected in 2016. I know that the Democrats were so hypocritical because when the first came out, can we say that now? We'll beep her. Okay. When, when the hokey pokey first came out, the, uh, the uh, Democrats, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, all of them were saying, I won't get it if, if Trump puts it out, you know? So I can see Trump being pressured to do it. He's, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. He was kind of forced to in, in, in some way. And I think they're going to try to blame every single thing wrong with the country on him which i mean the american people can see right through the bs you know and of course we have just recently uh here a quick video of biden announcing the pandemic is over you want to play that mr president first detroit auto show in three years yeah is the pandemic over the pandemic is over we still have a problem with COVID. we're still doing a lot of work on it <laughs> Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. So Biden, of course, he, he's magic. He's just magic. He everything has been solved. Yeah. Just by the snap of my fingers. Just like that. It's over. Yeah. It, it, it's um, it's definitely in time for election season as we're mm. nearing the halfway mark of his presidential reign uh we're we're going to see uh you know people announcing their 2024 election campaigns uh you're going to want to check what they're claiming responsibility for which biden mm -hmm. of course here is going to be saying hey it was my administration and the things we did that brought this thing to an end we're the ones that let you out of your cage we're the ones who let you take off the mask uh make sure to vote for us <laughs> so um it's just crazy man it, it's uh it's all tied together with these deceptions and the, the flexing of the power of the pharmaceutical industry and yep. those in the white lab coats it's it's all stuff to pay attention to um but you know we 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 can't be alarmed about it. We, we just have to keep chugging along and uh, stand up for what you believe in. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if they're kicking you off of the internet, if they're censoring your speech, just like they've done to us, uh, we have to stay aware. Like um, there's definitely more to meets the eye. And whenever you completely sell out your individual thinking process to a TV, you're going to fall right into their trap. Yep. I agree. All right, let's uh, move on to our next story here. Uh, an interesting um, article. It's a UFO-like object depicted in a wall painting in medieval Romanian <laughs> church. And so this is what's on the walls of the church. It looks like a like a UFO or, or something flying around in oh, the sky. Something sketchy. I recently watched a thriller movie uh, by jordan peele uh called nope and it was probably one of the best kind of thriller sci-fi flicks i've seen in recent years uh but this looks like the the flying spacecraft from that movie and we're going to be watching a clip uh here in a moment or two uh that actually has a kind of a quote from that movie as the background audio 
Um, but it's really interesting because uh, in recent years, 2019, of course, we had the announcement of UFOs being a government registered and acknowledged phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they've changed the term, so you're not going to find uh, UFO referring Was to it UAF now, aerial UAF phenomenon? or aerial uh, like it, it, they changed the, the terminology. Aerial phenomenon. Yeah, and and that way, if you type in UFO on a government document, you're not going to find it, but you mm-hmm. uh, uh, but you're going to find like AFF, aerial flying phenomenon, or or, or something like that. It's it's so interesting how they use a change of language to cover up the fact that they've been denying it for years. Um, but apparently these things were flying around the sky uh, way back in, you know, Romania when they painted it in the 13th century accordingly. Um, and it's interesting that um, we have like Rob's last presentation, the, the Nuremberg connection that you guys posted really fascinating how ufos and and lights in the sky were seen way back in the 1500s uh so this was a phenomenon that's been going on for a while and so it's it's no surprise that trump during 2019 you know during his presidential reign uh pushed through the formation of the space force which is the next arm of the united states government and just recently they published their space force theme song and it has some really interesting language in it let's go ahead and play that Wow. And so if you caught that at the very beginning, we're the mighty watchful eye. Yeah. Very interesting in relation to all of the, you know, the one-eyed, you know, cover yeah. up secret society stuff. The very thing that's on your $1 bill with the pyramid with the eyeball on top. Yep. Uh and I I don't know if you guys have caught this, but there's a meme going around where the symbol of the space force if you flip it upside down looks like the head of a goat or a baphomet um and if you know you can kind of see that on my screen the the two pointy I'm trying things, to turn my head around so i can see it. it 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 resembles the head the horned head of a like a goat um and they have like a a, a space force logo with a, a rocket ship zooming up and it looks just like the head of a, a baphomet uh figure but well well speaking um, of ufos did you hear about the one that was in north texas like here like right in my oh, really? hometown yeah and it's been sighted and i'll have to send you links maybe we could upload that in here but it was uh, i got it from from two different news sources so I, I guess a lot of people saw it and they were sending in their videos but I just thought that was interesting oh, wow. when I heard UFO. I was like, oh my gosh, there was one here just recently. And it was weird because I thought I saw one the other day, but it started blinking. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's a plane. 
So <laughs> there's only been two times in my life that I feel I've actually seen a, a legitimate UFO. And uh, there have been instances where I saw those like lights, white lights flying across the sky. You know, people are like, oh, those are satellites or whatever. But there was one or two times that I would see this glowing white light crossing the sky. And then as I watched it before my eyes, it like zips like in a 90 degree angle and just like zips out of view. And it, it, that's that crazy because that's was... what they that's what they were saying that this was bunch of white lights wow. and, it, and it looks like windows kind of i was just pulling up the picture it's crazy it's pretty interesting but anyways um back to space force and their interesting you know opening phrase were the mighty watchful eye let's go ahead and watch this video from instagram uh breaking down nasa iss moon hoax chaos fractal triangle eye just agendas and how it appears in all of our media all of our superstars our dollar bill let's watch this video he was a one-eyed one-horned flying purple people leader one-eyed one-horned flying purple people leader one-eyed one-horned flying purple people leader Sure looks strange to me. Last 190 years, for certain, probably about the last 300 years, a gigantic mystery religion or cult religion that has spawned up in mostly the European context that has grafted itself on to all the other things, Christianity, Judaism, science, the kind of modernist authority. What religion is that? In its most basic form, it's Gnosticism. It is the Gnostic religion that life and being itself is a prison that with special knowledge, secret mystics hold, we can find our way past the trap of being, the prison of being into which we've been flung and enter into a promised land. Scientism is the modernist form of that. Take any sheet of paper, draw three dots on the paper somewhat far apart. Obviously you've created a triangle, but that doesn't matter. Put a fourth dot anywhere on the paper that you want. Fourth dot you put, draw a line between any anchor dot and that, and then put a dot at the midpoint. And you just do this process over and over and over and over again, right? And what you will actually draw is the fractal called Sierpinski's Triangle. You have no idea of the form, no idea of the structure, no idea even that you're drawing such a thing, which if you sat down and tried to draw it intentionally, you'd have a hard time. That's that triangle inside of a triangle, inside of a triangle, inside of a triangle, it's a fractal. And the dots, when you have millions of them, will produce that. That's the image that they will produce just by doing this process. So you don't have to have people with a broad Gnostic philosophy. You only have to have people believing that they are conscious transformers of the world who engage in certain kinds of behavior to transform the world to a desired state and then let them do their organic things. This is what comes out of it. And then you realize that there is a parasitic entity that latches on to whatever has power at that time and corrupts it internally. Wherever the power is, the eye of Siron goes, like science, for example. Science got all this power and the eye of Siron went. And they're like, okay, this is where the power is, so we're gonna start infiltrating and corrupting. It's what's been hallowed out and corrupted by the parasite. This is fascinating. So when you're looking at the fractal, that's how the conspiracy is actually working, is people that have a certain outlook on life are part of the download or some people call the NPC. And so it's kind of like, how can you possibly have a meeting or, because one thing that always shoots down conspiracy theory is it's like, well, how do they communicate? How come no one talks? How come no one's went to the press or anything? It, none of that matters because it's just a way of behaving 
your behavior will contribute to the next fractal, which contributes to the next fractal. That's why there's so many people that worked at NASA on the moon landing that were completely unaware that they were faking it. And then the people that were aware they were faking it weren't aware in the same way we are because they were still in the fractal. They were unaware of the next level of the fractal and they were participating in it based on their primal worldview. That's why these fractals emerge and no one knows where they come from. Wow. Wow. What a great breakdown. The guy uh, you heard talking at the end there was Owen Benjamin. Um, it's one of the reasons I love watching his stream is just the, the phenomenal understanding of how conspiracies work in general, how when mm -hmm. people behave and operate within their own worldview and understanding, they are contributing to a greater conspiracy as a whole, even if they're not aware of it. And, uh, and that's really interesting. And, and, and why when things like the Space Force are created, which is using this symbology, right? And the, the whole we're the mighty watchful eye just makes me wonder, uh, you know, is this a contribution to the overall all seeing eye Luciferian type Satanist agenda? Or is this just a cool song that they came up with, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I always find myself, I didn't know that this was a bad symbol because like sometimes I probably have done it on the show just sitting naturally and it does that. So do you think some of those are, are, are like accidental photos or I, I know obviously like Michael Jackson covering his eye and stuff, but like just people sitting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you talk a little while you bit, you know, do this symbol. Somebody will say you're holding up six, six, six. Or and, white power, uh, or, or or white power, whatever, and you know you're sitting like this. Uh, you know we know that there are intentional iconography used in media, uh, and so sometimes it's an accident. Yes, sometimes it definitely is there to show, you know, a connection to a greater understanding. Maybe the people that are doing it on purpose. And, you know, they're holding the triangle or they have their hand in their coat, you know, which is a Freemasonic sign. Um, perhaps they're just trying to signify that they are a person that's aware of the bigger picture. And mm -hmm. that's why they're signaling it. And, and, and also for all the media, maybe it's not even the artists or the actors who are covering their eye that are aware of what it means. Perhaps it's the photographer yeah. that has recognized that this behavior contributes to viral media and that behavior was established by these secret societies and cultures but, that were also signaling things well it's funny you say that about the, the i've taken a photo shoot where for my music where the guy told me to put my hand in my my shirt and i i took a i didn't even know what it was at the time like i, I wasn't even thinking and then later on i was like oh man i need to delete that you know because <laughs> it looks super sketchy and then I just want everybody on the show to know that that I did not intend to make any Illuminati signs with my hands. <laughs> so I just want to clear that up. <laughs> I don't think anybody will fall to, man. I, I know uh, definitely just striking a pose doesn't really mean anything. I mean, you're not more evil by holding your hands together in a triangle, but it is fascinating that uh, all of these connections in our society uh, seem to point towards this fractal triangle ideology mm -hmm. um you know whether it's the pyramid the all-seeing eye whether it's the illuminati pyramid what you know whatever it is 
um, it, it's interesting. And I loved that breakdown. That's why I wanted to share that video uh, is how people can contribute to the overall conspiracy just by their behavior and by operating within the system. And, and that's how the, the conspiracy actually happens. And people aren't aware of these agendas being placed over top of them because mm-hmm. they're just participating in this microcosm of a much larger picture. Yep. Agreed. All right, man. Well, that's uh, all the news I got for today. That was good current news, man. Uh, so uh, I think it's time for uh, Opa's Corner, right? Take it away, Opa. Yep. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein hut. Welcome again to another episode of Opa's Corner. And as always, we start off with some stories. On a sunny morning, William's mother came into her son's room and said, William, it's Sunday. Time to get up. Time to get up and go to church. Get up. From under the covers came mumbles. I don't want to go. What do you mean, she said. That's silly. Now get up and get dressed and go to church. No, he shouted back. I'll give you two reasons. I don't like them and they don't like me. Nonsense, she told him. I'll give you two reasons to go. First, you're 42 years old. And second, you are the pastor. God looks over the millions of people and says, Welcome to heaven. I want the women to go with St. Peter and the men to form two lines. Make one line of the men that dominated their women on earth and the other of men who were dominated by their women. There was much movement, but eventually the women were gone and there are two lines. The line of men that were dominated is 100 miles long. The line of men that dominated women has only one man. God gets angry and says, You men should be ashamed of yourselves. I created you in my image and you were all dominated by your mates. Look at the only one of my sons that stood up and made me proud. Learn from him. He turns to the man and says, Tell them, my son, how did you manage to be the only one on that line? The man says, I don't know. My wife told me to stand here. Each Friday night after work, Bubba would fire up his outdoor grill and cook venison steak. But all of Bubba's neighbors were Catholic, and since it was Lent, they were forbidden from eating red meat on Friday. The delicious aroma from the grilled venison steaks was causing such a problem for the Catholic faithful that they finally called their priest. 
The priest came to visit Bubba and suggested that he become a Catholic. After several classes and much study, Bubba attended Mass. The priest sprinkled holy water on him and said, You were born a Baptist and raised a Baptist, but now you are a Catholic. Bubba's neighbors were greatly relieved until Friday night arrived and the wonderful aroma of grilled venison filled the neighborhood. The priest was called immediately by the neighbors. As the priest rushed to Bubba's yard, clutching a rosary and prepared to scowl him, he stopped and watched in amazement. There stood Bubba, clutching a small bottle of holy water, which he carefully sprinkled over the grilling meat while chanting, You was born a deer, you was raised a deer, but now you are a catfish. You can't fool kids in Sunday school. They're all way too smart. If I sold my house, my car, had a big garage sale, and gave all my money to the church, would I get into heaven? Asked the Sunday school teacher. No, all the children answered. If I cleaned the church every day, mowed the yard, and kept everything neat and tidy, would I go to heaven? Again, the answer was, no. Well, she continued, then how can I get to heaven? A five-year-old boy shouted, you gotta be dead. And now for the funnies. Let's begin. If Yoda was from Texas, the force with y'all be fixin' to. <laughs> All I'm saying is that the difference between humans and animals is that animals would never allow the dumbest of the herd to lead them. You almost made it, except for the language when working on your truck. <laughs> At the Feline Hall of Fame. He once took 47 squirts to the face, and he still didn't get off the counter. <laughs> That's badass. King of the Jungle. King of the Internet. If you get it, say Oz. <laughs> Annie was less endearing as a mother. Sorry, boys, he's grounded today, but my son will come out tomorrow. Bitch your butt, never mind. Dr. Seuss. I don't like Greek eggs and lamb. I don't like them at all, madame. Not with Hades, not with the ladies. Not as a treat on the island of Crete. 
I will not eat them, Persephone. I will not eat them. Let me be. Cow Poetry Distant Hills The distant hills call to me. Their rolling waves seduce my heart. Oh, how I want to graze in their lush valleys. Oh, how I want to run down their green slopes. Alas, I cannot. Damn the electric fence. Damn the electric fence. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, it's tomato. Welcome, butlers of the world, annual banquet. God, Collings, I hate to start a Monday with a case like this. Look here, McGinnis. Hundreds of bright copper kettles, warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with string. Someone was after a few of this guy's favorite things. <laughs> and for your dining pleasure this evening, we're offering two choices. Take it or leave it. Perhaps the most noble of all rescue animals, the Laboratory Retriever. Good dog. <laughs> the IRS. Like the sign says, it's all theirs. Tastes like chicken. Let's see. Ah, here it is. Your policy does not cover floods, earthquakes, or acts of God. Sorry about that, Mr. Finkelman. When Pat Sajak's wife goes shopping. So, now we scan the tooth and send the picture to the Tooth Fairy, and then she will send three dollars to your PayPal account. <laughs> I've got it too, Omar. A strange feeling like we've just been going in circles. This could be the first case we've ever seen of a rolling stone actually gathering moss, Mr. Jagger. <laughs> the Ice Crusades. <laughs> Look at this shoot, Remus. 
You can zippity doodah all day long for all I care, but you keep that dang Mr. Bluebird off your shoulder. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Goobler, but for reasons of national security, my history paper had to be retracted. And that concludes Opa's Corner. My hoot, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Opa, that was great. I loved it. It's a fan favorite for sure. Thank you, Opa. That was great. Yeah, thank you, Opa. All right, it's time for some history. Okay, well, today we're going to be talking about Bob Crane. And uh, Jake, do you know who Bob Crane is? No, I'm not familiar. What about you, Opa? Oh, yeah, I know Bob Crane. And what do you know about him? He was Hogan of Hogan's Heroes. That's right. He's this man right here, Bob Crane. And did you know that he died like uh, he was murdered and they still don't know who killed him? And that's what we're going to be talking about today in history. So let me give you a little bit of a background of Bob Crane in this first clip. All right, let's roll it. Here, can I? It's okay. A beloved TV star was beaten to death, and evidence pointed toward a suspect. So why couldn't police solve Bob Crane's murder? Hogan's Heroes was one of the first and most popular programs that took the once-feared Nazi regime and turned it into something to be mocked. When the show first aired in the fall of 1965, it was a departure from the contemporary sitcoms out at that time. Not only did it tackle real-life figures just two decades after the end of World War II and the defeat of the Third Reich, but the comedy saw its characters outwit their bumbling antagonists instead of simply reciting bad jokes to a laugh track. For the show star, Bob Crane, Hogan's Heroes was the break he needed to go from a side character on well-known sitcoms to carrying one of his own. Crane took the role of Colonel Robert Hogan immediately and made the character a household name. Colonel, I would stand for no nonsense. I want some information from you. Gosh, you mean there's something Gestapo doesn't know? <laughs> but like so many other sitcom actors, the program that made him a superstar was the apex of Crane's career, and it was followed by a steady decline. For Crane, this career downturn was worsened by his own personal demons, all of which culminated in his tragic murder in 1978. Whether money and fame changed Bob Crane's personality, or the actor was always obsessed with sex, money and fame were simply gas on a fire. Investigators believed that the actor's sex addiction played an important role in his eventual murder. Other actors had only positive words for the show star, despite being married to his high school sweetheart and parenting three children with his wife. Crane began an affair with two different actresses. One of the women, Patty Olson, better known by her stage name, Sigrid Valdis, eventually became his second wife. 
However, even a new wife did not stop Crane from having numerous affairs. So at the age of 49, Crane was murdered. He was murdered on June 29, 1978. Crane was living in an apartment called the Winfield Place Apartments. And this was at a time in his career where he it was all done with Hogan's Heroes. He was typecasted and he couldn't find work. So he was doing these dinner clubs and, and you know, his life was kind of falling apart personally and outwardly to, to the public. And uh, so in Scottsdale, Arizona is where he was staying, where his body was found beaten and strangled. And that's where my second clip is going to show you kind of more of how crazy it was. So go ahead and play clip number two. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. In June of 1978, Bob Crane was performing in dinner theaters across the country, still riding the popularity of Hogan's Heroes. But privately, Crane was obsessed with a lurid hobby that consumed him, videotaping his many encounters with women. This all-American image of him, of my dad as Colonel Hogan, has the dark side. Colonel Hogan isn't who we thought he was. John Carpenter, a home video salesman from Los Angeles, met Crane on the set of Hogan's and introduced him to this new technology. Carpenter liked um, being in the limelight. He liked the, the benefit of having women that he would never have the opportunity to get a hanger on. Carpenter often met up with Crane out on the road. The two would pick up women and videotape their sexual exploits. In June of 1978, Crane was performing in beginner's luck at the Windmill Dinner Theater in Scottsdale. Carpenter met up with him. But instead of staying with Crane as he had in the past, Crane booked him in a hotel room down the street. Weeks before his death, Crane told his son he was tired of Carpenter hanging around. Police believe Crane was severing his relationship with Carpenter, and Carpenter was angry. Crane was reflecting on his life, as heard in this final interview with Cool Radio six days before his murder. But, uh, I have no regrets on any, in any of my life at this point. No. You can't look backwards. No. no. And the terrible thing is I'll be 50 in two weeks. I want to go out swinging, as they say. Bob Crane never made it to his 50th birthday. In the early morning hours of June 29th, 1978, while Bob Crane was asleep inside the Winfield Apartments, someone entered his bedroom and bludgeoned him to death. It's never before seen video taken by Scottsdale police inside Crane's apartment as a medical examiner shaves Crane's battered head for a closer look at the fatal wound. Well, we got two blows here. There are very definitely two blows on this. An electrical cord cut from a video camera was found tied around Crane's neck. There was no sign of forced entry. There was no sign of a struggle. Suspicions quickly turned to John Carpenter. You have the right to the presence of an attorney. Do you understand these rights? I understand the rights the way you read them. John Carpenter's first interview with police never before heard by the public. My question to you is that prior to an agreement on these rights here, what I was under the impression, correct me if I'm wrong before I make my statement to you, that I was coming here to help you out, not put me in. <laughs> And I'm really very apprehensive about this. The morning of the murder, Carpenter flew back to L.A. The plan was for Bob Crane to drive him to the airport, as clearly noted in Crane's blood-spattered day planner by his bedside. John leaves, 10 a.m. Instead, Carpenter took a cab. Why the sudden change in plans? 
He even laid out items he planned to give Carpenter that morning. At the time Crane's body was discovered, before the outside world knew he was dead, John Carpenter made several suspicious phone calls back to Scottsdale. And he called the Windmill Dinner Theater at a time where he knew Crane wouldn't even be there. It was very unusual for Carpenter to start calling around town looking for Crane and asking people if they had seen him. He even called Bob Crane's son. Highly unusual. Highly unusual. Suspicious. Suspicious. Carpenter called Bob Crane's apartment twice. A detective answer. This in your mind is a classic of a guilty person returning to the crime scene. Telephonic. Absolutely. Carpenter never asked why police were in Crane's apartment because police say he knew the answer. John Carpenter becomes the main suspect when blood is discovered in his rental car. How did that blood sample get on Carpenter's door if it's not my dad's blood? Naturally, who is it? How did it get there? Who killed Bob Crane? So all the evidence points to John Carpenter, but he was later acquitted. And uh, either way, this all could have been avoided. If he would have been a good husband, faithful husband, and a good dad, and not been doing what he was doing, which was, you know, filming his time with women. I don't, I don't know a better way to word it, but he was kind of a pervert, you know? And, and he was, on, on Hogan's Heroes, he was a great guy. I mean... What was his character like, Opa? Well, he was, uh, his character on Hogan's Heroes was uh, like a comedian. The whole Hogan's Heroes was just uh, sort of like a, a funny uh, skit on uh, prisoner of war camps in, in uh, Germany where you had an inept uh, uh, bunch of Germans that uh, uh, couldn't see that Hogan and all of his crew were sneaking out of the camp and and uh, blowing up trains and bridges and stuff like that and then sneaking back into the camp and they never knew the difference and Hogan and Bob Crane both uh, had a very clean-cut uh, American uh, hero type uh, persona. Yeah, so you, th you think it's it was uh, it was not like his character to to end up like he ended up and to you know it be to for everything to be found out about him that he was this kind of person in his private life was kind of shocking at the time i would imagine oh yeah he he his persona on tv was a very clean cut uh, all american guy okay cool well i mean bob crane uh sorry i'm going to have to cut that out um, so in this last clip, since John Carpenter was not the, the person who did it, according to the courts, the, uh, Bob Crane's son has a new suspect. So let's check out clip number three. In June 1978, Crane was appearing in a dinner theater production in Scottsdale, Arizona. Hours after this video of the rehearsal was taken, his co-star, Victoria Berry, found the star bludgeoned to death inside his apartment. For years, the crime remained unsolved, but 12 years later, it was reopened and Carpenter was arrested. A jury, however, found him not guilty. He died in 1998. Officially, the case remains unsolved, but Bob Crane's son says there is another suspect, and who it is may shock you. 
Now that's what I want for Christmas, Schultz, and don't bother wrapping it. Yes, it's his own stepmother, Sigrid Valdis. He wanted to get away from his second wife, who turned out to be a nightmare. She's the only person who gained anything financially. Now, it wasn't a fortune. You know, it was comfortable for its day, 1978, but she got it all. Valdis died at age 72 in 2007. She lies buried next to Crane. Robert Crane says his father was possessed by demons that very likely led to his violent death. Photographs of women, you know, or videotapes. Uh, he loved women and he, he loved cameras. You put them together, there you go. So what are your thoughts about that, Jake? The, just that whole weird, long case about this clean-cut guy who's very uh, X-rated uh, private life. You know, like, what are your thoughts about it? Well, it kind of reminds me of how uh, throughout the past, you know, 50, 60 years of the evolution of media, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes these outwardly very wholesome figures, these people that people look up to in their media, oftentimes have these pretty dark alter ego lives, mm -hmm. right? whether it's uh guys like um bill cosby uh, bill cosby right exactly what i was thinking of whether it's uh the metamorphosis of of disney characters into sex icons once they hit puberty <laughs> you know uh yeah. there's all these different examples of these figures that are propped up in our media that have very uh kind of uh just wicked lives man they just are, are into a bunch of stuff that's not good and and then we prop them up on these pedestals and i think it's kind of molded the mindset of our community of our culture in the western world to then just like accept the bad along with the the honor we bestow upon these figures mm -hmm. so um a great example is there's a ton of superstars now that are very pro transgender agenda they're pro hormone blockers for kids they're they're pro uh abortion like all of these different topics you know there's a variety of you know things that we could say are not good for the the morality of a culture and whenever these people are bestowed honor and they're put up on these pedestals as stars and then it turns out that they they harbor these secret sins Whenever the sins come to light, you know, uh, people are forced to either reject the the star and boycott their content, or they're ex they're forced to kind of accept the sin right along with them, right? And right. and I know, he, you know, this story he he was right around the the forefront of the pornography era, you know, as he was making pornography. Yeah, and and. I mean that now it's a widely culturally accepted thing in the Western world to the point where it's no longer a secret sin to film your sexual exploits. It's actually inserted into the media we watch in just our everyday TV shows and series. They they slide in, you know, a sex position scene here or there. And it's almost so like it's, it's encouraged, it's right? Exactly. It's it's a it really my personal opinion is that it's a. A, a weaponized attack on the minds of the men and women of our generation uh, to pretty much help push the depopulation agenda. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if everybody's, you know, focusing on their screen and they're getting their sexual, you know, 
um, uh, release from watching stuff, then they're not making babies, first of all. You well, know? I mean, and, it, it all can have been avoided if he would have just stayed faithful to his wife and, you know, been a good dad to his kids and all that. And all of that, like he, this whole thing could have been avoided, but he chose yeah. the wrong choice. He chose the, like his son said, the demons, which were, you know, getting a camera and filming his, his exploits or whatever you want to call it. But my question to you is, do you think John Carpenter or his girlfriend murdered him? Because I remember when, I think it was in my lifetime, when the Carpenter case where he was acquitted, he died, like the video said, a couple of years after that. But I mean, it could have been either one of them. What is the saying? Uh, there's nothing quite like the vengeance of a woman's scorn. Or I can't. I'm saying it wrong. But my girl, my girlfriend I, makes fun of me because I I don't know that term. I've never known it. But I tried to say it the other day and it didn't didn't work. <laughs> I could definitely see a jealous jealous lady being the perpetrator. Um, but you know, my final thought would be like, you know, the the, the sad end to this guy's life. Um, and how he had all those demons, it reminded me of that quote from famous serial killer Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. uh, and somebody asked Ted Bundy, what led you down this spiral, down this downward spiral into serial killing pretty much? And Ted Bundy blamed pornography. And, and so it's, you know, the addictions of the mind that lead to the greater sins of the hands and, you know, the eyes and, and, you know, so, you know, it's tragic that this guy went through this um, and his life ended this way. Let's hopefully it's an example for people to not get into those addictions, even though it, his secret sin that led to him being murdered is like literally being taught to like our youth and to kids like under 16 and, uh, you know, only fans, you know, uh teen girls and like all this stuff of like sexualizing the youth through instagram and snapchat and all this like thing that is so commonplace in 2020 you know 2020s it was his secret sin back then and now it's like an everyday household and it would have been encouraged today with. like they would have been like oh it's no big deal it's no big deal yeah that he would record these things but back then it was like a oh my gosh that this guy was like this like, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. But that's all I got about Bob Crane. I mean, I, I think I'm a big true crime fan if you guys haven't already, you know, noticed. <laughs> but, like, I, I like studying and seeing how people, like, especially, like, like, killers, like, what makes them do that? Like, what possesses their mind to want to do that? And I still don't have an answer, but I do know that the majority of homicides are caused by a spouse. It, it, people just snap. And, and, you know, my opinion is that they were in on it together. That's what I honestly believe and I honestly think. And who knows, you know? We'll never know. It's an unsolved case. So, yeah. anyways, that's not all I got for Bob Crane. But as I've always said before, it's always important to laugh. So, I know I left out a couple comedy clips the last uh week or so and uh so i put in one of uh, i made a compilation video of one of my favorite comedians of all time mitch hedberg so let's go ahead and play that clip 
I like rice. Rice is great when you're hungry and you want 2,000 of something. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom loves those applause breaks. I like refried beans. That's why I want to try fried beans, because maybe they're just as good and we're, we're wasting time. I went to a pizzeria. I ordered a slice of pizza. The dude gave me the smallest slice possible. If the pizza was a pie chart for what people would do if they found a million dollars, this dude gave me the donate to charity slice. <laughs> I would like to exchange this for the keep it. <laughs> I tried to walk into Target, but I missed. <laughs> I think the entrance to Target should have people splattered all around. I was walking by a dry cleaner at 3 a.m. and the sign said, sorry, we're closed. You don't have to be sorry. It's 3 a.m. and you're a dry cleaner. <laughs> It would be ridiculous for me to expect you to be open. <laughs> I'm not gonna walk in at 10 and say, hey man, I walked by at 3, you guys were closed. Somebody owes me an apology. <laughs> I've been working, hey, that's right. You guys did that for my mom. I find that Duck's opinion of me is very much influenced over whether or not I have bread. <laughs> a, duck, a duck loves bread, but he does not have the capability to buy a loaf. That's the biggest joke on the duck ever. Like if I worked at a convenience store and a duck came in and grabbed a loaf of bread with his beak and walked out, I let him go. I said, come back tomorrow, bring your friends. I bought a house, I bought a two bedroom house, but it's up to me how many bedrooms there are though, isn't it? This bedroom has an oven in it. This bedroom has a lot of people sitting around watching TV. This bedroom is AKA a hallway. This bedroom's over in that guy's house. Sir, you have one of my bedrooms. If you're, if you're watching a parade, make sure you stand in one spot. Don't follow it. It never changes. And if you don't like the parade, run in the opposite direction. You will fast forward the parade. I got a, you know what, man? I got a parrot. The parrot talked, but it did not say I'm hungry, so it died. You know... I order the club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club. I like to wear this pass, because it helps me know when I'm upside down. This shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. clean only, all right? All right, I'm ready to go. I had a property in Los Angeles, and I had a neighbor, and whenever he would knock on my wall, I knew he wanted me to turn my music down, and that made me angry, because I like loud music. So when he knocked on the wall, I'd mess with his head. I'd say, go around. <laughs> I cannot open the wall. I don't know if you have a doorknob on the other side, but over here there's nothing. 
<laughs> I like Kit Kats unless I'm with four or more people. When I wear t-shirts, I can only wear v-necks because my neck is very fragile. I cannot wear a regular neck shirt, it hurts. <laughs> and I especially hate turtlenecks. Like wearing a turtleneck is like being strangled by a really weak guy. <laughs> All damn day. <laughs> like if you wear a turtleneck and a backpack, it's like a weak midget trying to bring you down. <laughs> I thought my teeth were white until I washed my face with Noxzema. They are off-white. I'm not even white, I'm off-white. It's a new race, we will prevail. I saw a commercial on late night TV that said, forget everything you know about slipcovers. So I did. And it was a load off my mind. Then the commercial tried to sell slipcovers, but I didn't know what the hell they were. You guys are cool, man. I wrote a script and I gave it to a guy who reads scripts and he read it and he said he really likes it, but he thinks I need to rewrite it. I said, that, I'll just make a copy. I went to the doctor, all he did was suck blood from my neck. Do not go see Dr. Acula. I like to take a toothpick and throw it in the forest and say, you're home. I get up in the morning, I make myself a bowl of instant oatmeal, and then I don't do anything for an hour. Which makes me wonder why I need the instant oatmeal. I could get the regular oatmeal and feel productive. Man, what do you think about Mitch Hed Hedberg? I can't say his name today. Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> Mitch, well, we'll just call him Hedberg, Mitch. Hedberg. Hedberg. Yeah, man, he's got like kind of like a joke style comedy where you know, kind of reminds me of like they're so varied in the different things. It's almost like reading through one of those joke books, and it's like everyone has like a different theme to it, and he just has so many in his mind. That's crazy. Well, it's like he's um, like he he's just pointing out the obvious. He's just like common sense. And he's making fun of comments that kind of like Carlin did and kind of like Dangerfield did and, you know, kind of like a lot of people did. But he just had his own style. And that's that's why I love him. Stephen Wright's a lot like him. There have been a couple of compilations I saw where it was Stephen Wright versus Mitch. And uh, they're both hilarious. And that's actually the other clip. I was either going to play this one or that one. So either way. Uh, I was going to play Andy Kaufman, but I don't know if you guys would think that's funny or not. Because, like, my girlfriend hates Andy Kaufman. She doesn't get it. But <laughs> I get it. But she doesn't get it. And that's what, and I keep trying to tell her, that's what makes it funny. It's that you don't get it. And she just, she doesn't understand it. So, <laughs> she's very smart. I'm, I'm, she's a teacher, so she's way smarter than me. But anyways, that's all I got for history. I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, if you would like to submit a story topic or have anything else you would like to hear us discuss here on skiba news nation please email submit at skibanewsnation.com also if you would like to reach out to jeremiah skiba personally please email jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com if you would like to write us a letter send us something help support us or just say hi please send your letter to jeremiah skiba p.o box 560271 the colony texas 75056. And if you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. 
And now you have an email, jake at skibanewsnation.com. So Yes, I do. There you go. All right, well, that's all I got for history. You ready for some memes? Yeah, I got a few. All right, meme me up. All right. So following the Inflation Reduction Act Biden passed through with his Congress, uh, we now have a new backdrop for him uh, for fancy photos. It looks like this. <laughs> ah! uh, <laughs> so with all the push for electric vehicles, just wanted to remind everyone how uh, you thought smoking at a pump was risky. <laughs> well, try, try standing in a puddle of water with a bunch of Tesla chargers. <laughs> <laughs> and you get electric. All right. Well, you know, of course, uh, if that doesn't work out for you, Tesla announced the new model for California 2035. <laughs> Looks like a Flintstone vehicle. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> nah, it's just... Hey, did you hear that the Flintstones uh, was actually a series set in the future? No. For real? Yep. Yep. There's, there's no... like little little signs and secrets about the Flintstones that point to it actually being a futuristic television series after like the apocalypse or whatever. Uh, one, for example, is you know how they have like TV sets yeah. and stuff? Well, how would they know about TV sets back in caveman days or whatever? They're They're instead recreating the technology that they've forgotten how to create. What about cars? Well, you know, they remember how cars used to be a, a possible thing. And so to reenact it, they have the walking cars. What about dinosaurs? Uh, and also, how did they bring them back? Uh, how did they bring them back in Jurassic Park, bro? That's true. You know, uh, I can't argue with that. The same, <laughs> the same artwork with the Jetsons. Uh, mm -hmm. There's an interesting connection with the Jetsons and the Flintstones. Uh, so anyways, the Jetsons are set in the future, and so is the Flintstones, possibly. So uh, perhaps this meme is accurate for 2035. Well, let us know if that's right in the description, if you know, down in the comments. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, we have recently the Queen's funeral, and uh, everybody's got their backs turned on the true crime of society and those who are left behind. Uh, hmm. But although some people have been changing their pronouns, trans, this and that, uh, this meme says, although I was born visible, I now identify as invisible. I am transparent. <laughs> and my pronouns pronouns are who and were. Um, <laughs> here we got a catwalk picture with a cat, I guess, testing a bunch of police dogs. And it has Psalms 23. <laughs> Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. Cats fear nothing, by the way. Just yeah. so you know, <laughs> my cat fears nothing. <laughs> I used My, to have a cat yeah. that I could throw a pickle down next to it, and it would freak out. Yeah, over if you like put a like a cucumber or a pickle. Yeah, they say if you do that, it might traumatize them. But I, I, I still might want to try it. See what it does. I don't know what it is. They... My cat does not. Uh, he like, I tried squirting them with water. I tried uh, getting a Nerf gun. 
but now he thinks it's a game. And so he, he likes to wake me up at 3 a.m. every morning, and I have to lock him out of the room. He, he's like a dog. Oh, he really man. is. He's, he's smarter than most cats, I think. I don't know. I could just be biased. But who knows? Well, we have uh, you know, a reminder here that uh, those who make fun of the Flat Earth Society uh, are often proponents of uh, other crazy theories like the Donut Earth <laughs> Theory. But here's another. Um, this guy says, man, I hate cursive. And the cursive reads, how to summon a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> it actually says demon, but... Um, yeah, witch, witchcraft's not good, but most of our TV and media tells you to, uh, you know, to jump on board. Um, of course, with autocorrect being something in our technology today, this meme found itself to be appropriate to me. My teacher told me not to worry about spelling because in the future there will be autocorrect. And for that, I am eternally grapefruit. <laughs> That is funny. All yeah, right, that's especially when you, for today. when you do the speak and spell, you know, when when you tell, I don't know if your phone, you can have it text, you know, it's never right ever. So I'll be texting oh, somebody yeah. and it'll be a completely different message and they'll be like, "Are you mad at me?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, I was trying to speak and spell." Yeah, I, are, I always have trouble with it dictating. All right, Jake, those are some great memes. I appreciate it. You got any shout outs? All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for everybody to, that I still memes from. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. I, great show today, Jeremiah. Thank you uh, for keeping the show going, your history segment. And uh, I'm just very grateful to be on board and helping out. All right, man. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 16. And I hope to see you in 17, so stay tuned. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. My new book, Never Got to Say Goodbye, is now available. My book contains an up-close-and-personal account of who my father, Rob Skiba, truly was as a father and as a man. It includes over a hundred never-before-seen photos of my dad and our family. A portion of the proceeds are going towards funding our search for justice for my dad, Rob Skiba.
visit skibanewsnation.com forward slash book. Again, skibanewsnation.com forward slash book. To learn more about the book, our website will show you where and how you can purchase my book. Also, you can sign up to be notified when my mom's book is ready. Her book will be a first-hand account of the 40 days of terror that my dad and our family experienced at the hands of the medical system that completely denied him of his human rights and how they denied my mom's right to be my dad's medical power of attorney. Thank you so much for your support and for helping us stay on the quest for truth and carrying on my dad's legacy.